She generated over $250,000 NFT last year, not touching any inventory, and she quit her full-time day job. Guys, today we're talking with full-time seller Heather Johnson about how she grew her Etsy print-on-demand shop and the strategies that she used to do it. Okay, Heather's story is so inspiring. We talked about some golden, golden topics that you won't hear anywhere else. So let's dive in now. Cool. Hey, Heather, how are you? Good. How are you, Cody? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, tell our audience about who is Heather Studio, what do you do, how did you get to Etsy, and everything. Yeah, um, so it started last year in 2021 during the pandemic. Uh, well, actually, kind of backtrack even farther than that in 2020 when the pandemic first hit. And um, I, I was cut a lot of hours at my job at the hospital I worked at. Um, I was in the radiology department at my hospital and we were cut quite a bit of hours because um, radiology is based mostly on orthopedic surgeries. So that was something that um, really cut our hours and affected us directly. And that was something that in my, um, like my area in healthcare, we did not expect as far as getting cut hours. Um, we thought that, you know, we would have the same amount of hours just because of the pandemic, because you still need MRIs, you still need x-rays, you know, throughout the pandemic, even if these elective surgeries are cut. So um, during that time, we were cut a lot of hours, a lot of my coworkers were laid off. And luckily, I was one of the people who wasn't laid off. I had some hours, maybe not my regular hours, but I also just bought a house. So it was just a very scary time because I was like, oh gosh, I just, I just got this house and now I have to pay like bills and I don't have any money. I, I, I mean, I'm not seeing that, you know, normal income flow anymore. And I realized at that time I was like, oh, I have to find something else. So I went on YouTube and I was, on, I remember I was on call for work that night. Um, and generally a lot of hospitals, uh, it, especially in like radiology, most of the technologists there, they generally go on like call over nighttime, usually like after 11 PM, there's no hospital staff in the radiology department. So we'll just get called in over the night. And, um, generally I'd get called in a few times a night. It was pretty, um, pretty crazy how much we got called in. And, uh, I just remember just to kind of like get my mind off of being on call that night, I was on YouTube and I, I found a few videos about print on demand and I was like, wow, this is really cool that you don't have any inventory. You don't have to pay really any upfront costs besides paying for the listing fees on Etsy, which is relatively, you know, you're paying five to $20 just to start off, get your mock-up images. You can purchase them on Etsy. And then um, like I said, the listing fees, it's 20 cents per listing. So I was like, wow, this is a really cool business model. And I've never even considered it. I haven't heard of it until I found this YouTube video. So I decided I was like, okay, I guess I'll try this. I'll go into print on demand. And I opened my store in 2020 initially, and I found neck gators to sell because, yep. because of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was looking at like neck gaiters and masks and masks were so widely unavailable during that time that I decided, okay, well, let me go into neck gaiters instead as a, you know, swap out, but come to find out now, we know neck gaiters aren't, you know, as widely accepted 
sure. as far as mask mandates and things like that. I know certain states kind of allow them, but other states don't. Yeah, but so at the time, that was totally okay. I remember in 2020, yeah. that was like the thing, like neck gaiters, mask, doesn't matter what it is, t-shirts, cover your mouth kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that's, um, so I was like, well, let me try neck gaiters. And I sold probably, I want to say five to 10 of those. And then I realized that Printify and Printful and a lot of the print on demand companies, they got really backed up on uh, their order volumes because they had a uh, short staff staffing at that time. And they were just very behind um, as far as that all went. So I pulled back and I actually completely closed my store because I was like, I don't, you know, I had these customers getting their items two to four weeks after they purchased. and. Uh, I didn't want my first reviews on Etsy to be so low. So I was like, okay, I'm just not going to do this. And for the next, like probably six to eight months, I, I actually kind of got more sad because, um, we started getting our hours back in healthcare and our hours were after the pandemic, since they laid off so many employees, a lot of those employees eventually didn't return because they found other jobs. So we were pretty short staffed and we were working, you know, almost double the hours. So we went from working no hours to like double the hours and double the call time because we didn't have enough employees to fill all the call hours. And it just got so stressful and it caused a lot of mental health issues for a lot of us um, healthcare workers because we were just going, and this is just all around, you know, most occupations. Sure. I feel like everyone from the pandemic, you know, we're kind of getting those, you know, mental health issues and struggles from all that. But so anyways, fast forward, I, I just felt very like lack of motivation, sad that, you know, the print on demand thing didn't work out. So uh, in December, come like around January time, I was like, you know what, let me try this again, because it's still working for people. And 2020, uh, I know Etsy was showing that they had some of the highest numbers they had seen for sales, especially e-commerce. That was a very booming time for e-commerce. And I was like, oh man, what if I just stayed on Etsy last year? So, um, and I would have saw, you know, I'm sure crazy results if I just stayed in 2020, but I didn't. So 2021 came around and I was like, okay, I saw how successful so many other stores were doing print on demand in Etsy. So I need to get back out there. And so January, 2021, I decided to start uploading listings, um, and I was trying multiple different niches and different seasons. Like I was doing Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day t-shirts. Mm -hmm. And um, I got my first sale January. I want to say it was like the last day of January, maybe 30th or the 31st. And I remember I woke up that morning and I heard the cha-ching on my phone. And I was like, what? <laughs> what was that noise? You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so... I, um, I got up and I saw that it was Etsy. It was my first sale. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, and you kind of get that almost addictive like thing with wanting to hear that again. And sure enough, the next few days on Etsy, I remember the first week of February or second week, I started getting some sales here and there after that first sale. And it was crazy because I had crickets on my account up until the end of January. So it was just insane to me that it took me so long to get my first sale. And then once I got that first sale, a bunch of other sales started coming out of nowhere, out of the blue. And, um, you know, generally like January through March is pretty much low times, unless you're in a specific niche or a specific, um, like holiday, you know, and 
I, I was looking for evergreen niches and I, that's what I was looking for when I began and that I didn't focus primarily on holiday niches. So that's where I kind of, um, fell short and I didn't get many sales when I began. So anyways, fast forward to like March, I started posting on social media. I found a few Facebook groups and I started posting and saying, Hey, you know, I designed for this like category. Would anyone be interested? Can I get some design feedback? And people fled to my account and they started really purchasing on there. So I got, I think in March it was like 200 to 300 orders. Awesome. something around there yeah and then after that month april hit i think it was like 400 to 500 orders and then after that i that was my new baseline i had 400 plus orders ever since april i want to say it was 500 plus orders ever since april um and then when august september november and december hit november was the first month i saw 1000 plus orders Amazing. and December, I did it again with 1,000 plus orders. And at the end of last year, I made $250,000 in revenue on Etsy, which is, oh my gosh. yeah, so incredible. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I, you know, went back and I didn't say, you know, Etsy's not for me, print on demand's not for me. I'm, I'm really happy. I decided to keep going even when I was like so discouraged <laughs> from everything. So that's amazing. I appreciate you being so transparent on your story. So many people can relate to that story, right? Trying something, not really having like the success that they were kind of hoping for or promised maybe in a YouTube video or something like that. They try it, you know, and then they have to kind of go back to their full-time job or their part-time job, or whatever it is. And it's discouraging, right? And you go through that, you went through that time period and then eventually you kind of regathered, right? Your motivation again, and you went back and you executed even better. And sure enough, I mean, you're, you hear, you're here, $250,000 in revenue in one year on Etsy just alone, right? And that's not even to mention like all the other things that you have going on now. Um, it's just so inspiring. I really appreciate you sharing that so transparently. And you're strictly print on demand and you, you mentioned shirts a couple of times in there. Like, how did you kind of determine what shirts to sell, what products to sell? Like, how do you even do that? So many people are like, they want to be you, right? They want to have yeah. your story. How do you even guide them? Yeah, I think um, like one of the things that I love about the software you've created with Everbee is that, so the research aspect I feel like is so important, especially in your beginnings, like phases, as far as Etsy goes. and not to say i've seen this issue a lot with other stores where um, there's a lot of new beginning etsy stores that just kind of copy off of other stores when they should just be pulling in inspiration besides copying and you know there's kind of like a hard line between the two but that's one thing that i think is really important when you first start off is looking at all these other other stores and seeing kind of what they're doing and what's selling and trying to recreate that in your own way and not directly copy someone else. Um, I think that's what's frustrating as a seller like myself is when I see other people just copying my store directly or copying my listings directly. Um, that's the first thing you'll you know find out if you have any bestseller listings on Etsy. Um, you'll see so many copycat stores on Etsy and it's pretty unfortunate, but mm -hmm. the one way to kind of rank in the search and create those bestsellers is really seeing what other people are selling and what are those bestsellers and pulling inspiration from those bestsellers. And I think that's the best like advice I could give is just pulling inspiration, seeing what niches they're in, what uh, designs they're kind of doing, what 
type of almost phrases that they're doing that's really working. And, you know, sometimes I like to say that basic really sells too. And um, people try to do these in intricate designs. But if you go on Etsy and you use like Everbee and you look at the best sellers, you're going to see a bunch of very simple designs, simple graphics on t-shirts that are selling simple fonts, you know, so. Mm -hmm. I did want to talk about that with you today too, because that's such a hot topic is like how to rank on Etsy. Let's say I have this new listing and I'm so excited about it. You know, what is the process to, to get ranked or to get sales, to get traction on your new listing? Yeah. Um, so a new listing, especially like, let's say you have a store with zero sales and you have, you know, maybe 10, 10 visits, 10 views a day. And, but people are looking at your item, but they're not purchasing. And some of the things that I've noticed is first of all, you need to find somewhere that's going to bring traffic to your Etsy listing when you first start out, because generally when you post a listing, you're between thousands of listings. And especially if you're, if you're in a saturated niche, you're going to be between hundreds to thousands of, you know, people on there posting the same, basically the same design as you. So one of the things that I've noticed that Etsy algorithm loves is first of all, pulling traffic from other websites. So creating social media, I feel like a lot of new Etsy sellers really don't focus on that as much as they should. Um, because once you work for Etsy, I like to say Etsy will work for you. And that's something that a lot of new sellers are kind of scared and hesitant to do. Okay. They're scared to, you know, like share their story or their store with other, um, like their friends, their family, they're kind of almost nervous about it. And mm -hmm. I, I think that just sharing your store with your friends and family, first of all, is best because you can get feedback and direct criticism. And I know it's kind of hard to hear that at first, but it's, it's really good for your store because then you get to learn what other people want to buy. And that's a really good question to ask your friends. Be like, Hey, you know, what type of t-shirts would you want to buy from me if I were to make a t-shirt? And I think that's best, but a lot of new Etsy sellers will create listings that people, you know, they might like, but they can't relate to, and they can't, they don't want to purchase it and wear it. Um, especially as far as t-shirts go and t-shirts is a widely saturated niche. So I think just ranking your Etsy listings and sorry, I'm like making no, a long drawn out okay. thing <laughs> for this, but yeah. um, to rank your listings though, I think it's really pulling that social media traffic mm -hmm. and going to specific niches. Like you really do have to find a specific and passionate niche. And if you're not in a passionate niche, then maybe you want to reconsider because I I've, I've seen a lot of people in just general niches, like positivity niche and, um, you're just never going to rank going into a niche like that because there's thousands like you. And the only way to rank is bringing that traffic into Etsy, you know, just to rank that. So I appreciate that. What is your suggested, what have you seen in your experience? Uh, like an example of a niche. Um, so obviously there's general stores. I like to say like there's general, and then there's like a very specific niche product, like wood signs, like they, that's all they do is wood signs. And then there's like, a shop wood shop what typically would you recommend for a new seller i definitely recommend so i feel like the product niche stores like like for example like my store on etsy my original one is it's a complete product um so like i sell t-shirts but i sell it in various different niches so i think like the product is okay you know if you're selling wood signs and i think with wood signs you could do so many different niches and 
But if you wanted to do one niche for a store, for like a, your whole Etsy store, that would be something that's more on the passionate frontier, like hiking or adventure or um, the mom niche. There's just so many different categories that people are so passionate about. Um, like even plant niches, like people, people who plant, you know, cacti or maybe grow bonsai trees they love you know just showing that they're a plant lover or maybe their friend or family member is when they think about that person they're thinking about plants and they're like oh that's a great christmas gift so i feel like those type of niche stores really I, work i feel like now that i'm understanding fully like what you mean by passionate type of niches and it's more so not that i'm passionate about it it's that people in that category are extremely passionate about that one thing does that sound right so like hikers, yes. like there's a community around hiking, like hikers are hikers, right? They all kind of like stick together. Plant lovers are plant lovers. They stick together. That's what they do. Um, and there's so many other like categories like that too. So you're saying basically build a niche to serve that audience essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And even um, with Etsy, it's such a gift giving platform. And a lot of people, when they're thinking about Etsy, like when I first started on Etsy, for example, I was doing the positivity niche and that's, that's where I went wrong. That's where I didn't have many sales. And I was like, okay, uh, this, this Etsy thing, maybe I missed my, you know, when I first started in 2020, I, I had something going then I had sales. And then when I came back, I wasn't getting any sales and I realized that it was my niche. And I kept hearing people say, you know, make sure you're in a passionate niche. And I kept ignoring them and I kept procrastinating it. And then once I went into passionate niches, that's when I started seeing the sales. And when I went to those Facebook groups and I posted on those Facebook groups, or even if you create social media for that in passionate niches, people will flock to that and you'll get, you know, that traffic coming through, through your social media accounts. And eventually you'll get those sales um, and then rank in, on the Etsy algorithm. So I love that. It's interesting. I, don't, I haven't heard this strategy that often. I know it is, it is, I know people do it, but mm -hmm. as far as like driving from external traffic, right? It's, it's hard to do. That's why, that's why people don't do it. It's because it's hard. It's a little scary. Where do I even like find these people? Where do I find the people that are my potential customers? So you're essentially recommending, or you've done at least in your past has gone to Facebook groups around like, let's say the plant niche, for example, mm -hmm. and you go into plant groups and you would say, Hey guys, like I designed XYZ product. go check it out if you're interested in something like that. So that's what you would do. Yeah. So that's like my best, um, advice for people starting out is to find those very passionate groups and high engagement to like Facebook groups is the most high engagement I have seen as far as social media to get people actually seeing your items. Um, even for the Facebook group strategy that I recommend, um, you know, just at least you ask the admin and try not to spam. I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, quickly kicked out from that. So that's, that's my best advice is definitely ask the admin because some you'll, you'll get a lot of admins that of course they like know straight off the bat, but I've had a lot of admins that surprise me and say yes. And, um, that's where you can, you know, ask them, Hey, can I post like twice a month maybe you know and a lot of admins are really cool with that especially if you're in a passionate niche and they don't have many t-shirts or maybe maybe you're designing totes or your wood signs you know that's that's something i think that's really going to bring in um that traffic and get some conversions on your etsy account so i love that i love that strategy so much i think the biggest takeaway there a bit one of the biggest keys that you mentioned is like don't spam don't spam the group right think of it as like a 
I'm trying to help this group further versus like, I'm trying to take from this group, right? Trying to get a sale. Like, don't think that way for anybody listening. Think of it like, how can I add value to this group? Which maybe that, maybe that means engaging in the group, you know, for a while, for a week, you know, answering questions, like commenting on things, liking things. And then eventually when, when it makes sense, then you post your link and uh, you do it in a very more authentic way where, you know, it's not so spammy. Um, so I highly recommend that. That's, that's awesome strategy. I could totally see that working. And like, let's say if you're like the, the police officer niche, let's say you design products for like that, that type of audience, like police officer families, mm -hmm. uh, like there's groups, I'm, I'm sure there's Facebook groups built around those. Right. And yeah. they're always probably looking for gifts to give to each other, give to their husbands, wives, right. All that stuff. That's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. I love it. Cool. Thank you for that. Um, let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Do you recommend Etsy ads for newbies or people that are established? What are your thoughts around Etsy ads? So I, um, I had not a good run with Etsy ads, I will say, but I have heard of people who Etsy ads work for. Um, so I've decided this year I'm doing a case study on Etsy ads. <laughs> so I'm going to post a YouTube video later on about that because for me personally, in my like t-shirt and sweatshirt store on Etsy, I just haven't been getting the sales I would like to keep running them. Um, I've been having almost an even amount of um, like, you know, the profit that I'm getting from me running the ads versus how much I'm spending on the ads. Um, I'm seeing like exact like balance out on that. So I'm not making any profit from the Etsy ads. So um that's where I'm kind of a little bit in between on that, but I have heard of people in um, like my Facebook group and other groups for print on demand and Etsy or just Etsy in general that have had success. I just haven't been lately, unfortunately. So yeah. I wish I did, but. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's a real answer, right? It works for some people and it doesn't work for some people. Um, yeah. I typically would recommend like other other folks ask this question to me at least is like, Hey, do you recommend Etsy ads? And say, yeah, duh, I do recommend it. Of course. Uh, but as long as it's like working for you, you know, so you have to measure the results every seven days on a rolling 30 day basis, make sure that you're at least breaking even on it. And if you're not breaking even, you have to shut those specific ads off because you don't want to just drain money out of your account. Right. There's no point. Yeah. And I, I think it would be great for higher profit margin items though. I will say if I had a high profit margin item, I think that that strategy would be so much better just because um, like with t-shirts and sweatshirts, you're only making, five to $10 per t-shirt that you sell. And um, right now I'm running a campaign for $5 a day on with that's ads, but I'm not really, um, you know, I'm spending about $5 for a sale, maybe every one or two days. So, or every other day it's looking like right now. So that's where I'm kind of yeah. at a draw. So I completely understand that. And I think, I think anybody listening to that, that's how you should probably be looking at ads. Just like, just like Heather mentioned is look at it from a numbers perspective. Don't just say like Etsy ads don't work for me just because like you haven't blown up on Etsy ads. Just look at it from a numbers perspective. Very like, just what is your profit per sale? How much are you spending? Figure out the math and that will tell you what to do next. Shut it, shut it off or keep it running. Um, yeah. I love it. So what is the typical profit margin that you've seen in your experience? I know you mentioned like dollars, like five to 20, five to $10 profit and profit print on demand. How about like percentage wise, is it like 20 to 30%, 40% type of profit margin in the print on demand world for you? Yes. So it's exactly um, 20 to 30%. So 
my books are almost completely finalized for this year from last year. Nice. Um, I've spoken about this on my channel a few times now, but I made mistakes when I first started on Etsy with print on demand. I didn't hire a bookkeeper soon enough. Um, that's the best advice I can give to anyone starting out, but get that bookkeeper once you really start seeing those sales because you will thank yourself later. And from last year, um, through my books, I'm at 20 to 30%. So um, it's, it's a really nice profit margin. I, I try to price my t-shirts at like the mid range between my competition. Um, so generally for t-shirts, that's like $22.99. Um, so I love keep, it. Yeah, that's perfect. What kind of conversion rate should somebody expect? I hear this a lot too. It's like, Hey, my conversion rate is high. My conversion rate is low. What is a good conversion rate? What's your thoughts? I think when you're a beginning Etsy store, it's very normal to have a conversion rate around 2%. Um, to 3%. That's what I had my first few months when I was starting to get my sales. And I think that's mostly due to how many reviews you have and how many sales you have on your account. Um, but now from last year, my conversion rate was 4.3%, which wow. I thought, yeah, I was really excited about that. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, so I, and I think it really went up higher because I kept posting in those Facebook groups. And then on top of that, I was, um, you know, I had so many reviews coming in that were all five star. And at the end of the year, I had a 4.9 star average and rating on my account. So um, I think a lot of people, they're more keen on purchasing from stores that have those high reviews. Um, so my conversion rate was higher, mm. but I, I feel like as a new store though, you're, you're kind of dipping between the two to 3% range. And I think when you go under 2%, you might want to like reevaluate maybe your niche, maybe your product, maybe your designs and see how you can increase it. Because that's a big thing with ranking on Etsy, going back to the question earlier is once yeah. you really get that conversion rate up, Etsy's tracking you by your conversion rate. So the more, the higher the conversion rate, the more you're going to boost in the Etsy algorithm. So I love that. That's golden right there. I mean, I learned a lot, a lot there too. I mean, the fact that you got four over 4% conversion rate, congrats on that. That's, that's amazing. Um, I feel like what I'm seeing in most of the print on demand space that, that I speak with is around like the 1.8 to 2.5 percentage conversion rate. And I think we're in the same ballpark there, which is awesome. If somebody is below 2% conversion rate and they're in the print on demand space, like let's say t-shirts, Mm -hmm. what would you recommend the first thing to look at and maybe optimize or just pay attention to? I think the most important thing is definitely finding more of a narrow niche. Usually if you have close to a 2% rate, I've found in my experience, especially with prior students and clients I've worked with who have a lower percentage rate, I've noticed in their stores, they are selling very general niche items. And the best way to explain that is I've seen people just have bride t-shirts and bridal niche in that category is just so um it's so saturated and that's why your um the conversion rate is going to be lower because you're in a saturated market and they have so like your customers have so many different options above them and they're looking at the prices they're looking at you know your design it's hard to get a design in the bridal niche that's different than the other one so my best suggestion is to go more narrow so instead of doing um, just bride do military bride um navy bride you know um, marines bride stuff like that is so narrow and you know that when people are searching that on etsy they're most likely going to purchase because your competition's lower so 
Um, that's what I've noticed, uh, at least as far as that goes. Cool. Um, would you, when you, in that specific example, like military bride, for example, is that like, would you recommend somebody going into that like niche as a whole shop, like military bride shop type of thing or specific products? Because that almost seems like you don't want to like carve out, you don't want to be too narrow, right? At the same time. Yeah. You, I feel like, um, I always suggest this is sticking to a certain product for a, um, whole store. So you could, if you do t-shirts, I think it's really worth your while if you do multiple different niches for t-shirts. But if you're selling like, let's say a digital planner in your t-shirts shop, I think that's where um, a lot of customers get kind of confused because they're like, okay, I'm seeing in the reviews, there's digital planners and then there's t-shirts and then there's digital planners. <laughs> so that's where um, I kind of suggest sticking to more of, um, you can do so many different niches for a certain product, but if you're doing a completely different product, it might be worth your while um, to, you know, go to maybe a different Etsy store as far as I've seen. Gotcha. So. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good school of thought. Like if you're going to be, so what you're saying is essentially sell in a niche, a product. So let's say you sell um, shirts, right? For example, you could sell all kinds of different shirts to a bunch of different audiences, right? You could sell like uh, bridal shirts, like you said, you could sell shirts to men, shirts to women, shirts to fishing, shirt, shirts for uh, hunting. Is that what you're saying? Basically, you can basically you're a shirt shop, but you sell to a bunch of different people. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, on the flip side, there is um, you could sell a bunch of different products more of a general like I sell like hats, mugs, cups, keyboards, right? all this stuff. But I only do it to police officers, right? Or police officer niche or, or first responders or uh, paramedics yeah. or something like that or nurses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think stores like that would be great as well. Um, I think you could do like either strategy, to be quite honest. At least it's not something that like the product is like completely, you know, out of its element, you know, like mm -hmm. the planners. Like I've seen some stores with like, you know, the digital planners and then like a t-shirt and I, for reviews wise, and I feel like for ratings, um, I don't know, it just, it's kind of a mix of the two and it doesn't make as much sense, but it could maybe, but, um, I've seen those stores not do as well, just because I feel like also in the Etsy algorithm, um, when people are going to your listing and then they decide to go to your store and purchase more items that affects how your store ranks. So if someone's looking for t-shirts and they see a digital planner as your other items you offer, then I, I feel like that that's why I suggest that. But what you were saying for the police niche, I really like that idea because they may see a t-shirt that they like for the police niche. And then they're like, Oh yeah, wow, there's a hat that I can buy as well in a mug. And I think those products do well together as kind of almost like an upsell in Etsy. So I think those are, that would be a really great strategy as well. So yeah, I think there's different ways of doing it, but I agree with like, I think we're saying the same thing um, as, as far as that goes. Uh, that's awesome. No, I appreciate you sharing all that. Um, what would you give like maybe uh, somebody that has zero sales right now and they're watching this and they're inspired. What are some, things that they should do like right now to keep momentum going? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is definitely to get on social media. Even you could, let's say you're a little bit shy to go on Facebook or do the groups. You can always create a Instagram, uh, social media account 
just for your store and just post your mock-up images that you have on your Etsy account. Maybe you can post pictures of you wearing your item or if you have your product, maybe it's a mug, you're holding the mug. Um, and then I think going on TikTok is a really great thing to do right now. I think TikTok's growth is so high right now at this stage. So I think doing social media and then just posting more listings. I think that's most important, mm -hmm. especially if you're on the print on demand frontier or really I feel like any frontier on Etsy. Um, Etsy is such a wide and large market now that it's very hard to be seen on Etsy. So one of the best strategies I can suggest is just to really post more listings and also by just posting more listings, you can kind of see and test the market a little bit and see what sells and what doesn't sell and kind of learn, you know, your own design style maybe, or um, how, how the market may like a certain listing. So I love that. Um, would you recommend like when you get some traction on a specific listing, let's say it's uh, a bridal, bridal shirt, military, military bridal shirt or something like that. And let's say I create this listing, it starts to sell. What would you do now with that data? Like, would you go and copy it and make another, not copy it, but like model your own, your, your last one and make another version of that? Or what, how can someone capitalize on the success they've already had? There's definitely a few ways you could do that. So like you said, um, you could always duplicate that listing and offer a different color maybe on Etsy. I think that's a really great way to really increase your listings amounts. And sometimes people might not like the certain design style of that specific design. And what's really nice about Etsy is you have basically your own market research when people email you or message you. I've had one design that people loved, but there was a little bit of tweaking. Maybe they didn't like the colors. Maybe they wanted the design on a black t-shirt rather than a white t-shirt. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them, a lot of my customers would reach out to me and say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? So I would recreate that design just in, you know, a different product variation, or um, I would completely revamp the design for that specific customer. So um, later for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's one way to kind of replicate those designs and the bestseller designs. But the other way is just by taking that specific best-selling design or winning design and doing the same design template, just in multiple different niches. So let's say hmm. you're doing great in the bridal niche. You can take it to maybe um, like the mother, like maternity niche. You know, I feel like you could really transfer that design to so many other niches and that's how you could really scale your store on Etsy. So. I love it. How many listings? You said like posting more listings. How many per week, per month, per year? Give us some sort of framework to think about that. So it really depends on what product category you're in. I feel like if you're in a very saturated market, it is really important that you get as many, you know, listings as you can for t-shirts, for example. I think 300 to 500 listings is really where you want to stick. Just because that t-shirts and sweatshirts are such a saturated market that you really have to make sure you're um, posting as much as you can. But I've seen digital stores, for example, I think digital stores on Etsy, most of those type of products are less saturated, I would say. So you don't have to post, you know, 300 to 500 listings. For the digital stores, I've seen a lot of stores do well with only 20 to 50 listings. So it really just depends on what category you're in. I love that.
Okay, cool. And then if someone's like trying to set a goal for let's say this month and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to post this many listings, I'm going to create this many listings. How should they structure it? Should, is there a proper structure to kind of like keep the Etsy algorithm kind of like in their favor, like one per week, one per day, three per day, right? Or what, how would you kind of advise on that? Usually I suggest three to five listings a day, but a lot of, a lot of my like clients and students, most people, even anyone who's starting on Etsy and doing this business model, um, you know, a lot of people don't have that time to do every day. So, um, the other thing I suggest to those people is, okay, well, if you have a weekend day off, maybe uploading 15 to 20 listings that day, you could always do as well to kind of keep up, um, and keep bringing out more listings, but it's always quality over quantity though. So I don't want to say, you know, create all these listings and then, you know, you may not see sales because the quality of your items are just not up to par with other yeah. um, listings. So and when you say items, go. you probably mean not only the item the product itself, but also like the pictures in there, right? Like if you're going to put up like a half, like a, not that good of a listing right up with two images on it then that's not going to perform well ever so you bear, you may as well just hold off on that take your time fill out the listing completely make a well-optimized listing so that way when you do get your chance to rank on etsy's first page for a specific keyword you shine right you convert something and that tells the algorithm hey that, that listing is great like let's show it again and mm -hmm. it convert again and it shows again and it's like this cool thing where you now you're stuck yeah exactly that's that's kind of um, the most important part is kind of creating that whole package for any customer that might see your listing. Because another thing I've noticed with Etsy's algorithm is um, they show in search, you know, right away, once you create that listing, they are ranking your listing against your new listing against all these other listings that have been on the platform for maybe a few months to a few years. And they're kind of analyzing the data they get from your listing. If people are clicking into your new listing and they click off of it, um, like I've, I've posted a few listings on Etsy and I'll search it up, you know, in the private or incognito browser and I'll actually see my listing on the first page. And I'm like, that's weird. And a lot of new sellers notice that too. And that's Etsy, you know, kind of checking you out and, yep. um, analyzing your data so exactly. yeah so what we call that over here is a, we call it the honeymoon period right yeah essentially you have this shot you get a honeymoon period we don't know how long it is exactly it might be ongoing but point is like you should not you don't deserve as a new listing you don't deserve to be on that first page but they're giving you a chance anyway and therefore you want to put your best your best foot forward and create a listing even if it's bad just post it just and we'll fix it later we'll make it better later whereas mm -hmm. i think the data suggests and what we're just talking about suggests that it's probably not the best case to do and for Etsy. Uh, you should probably create a draft and then come back to the draft, make the image awesome, and then post it because that you're going to be immediately, like you said, showing up in search. And that is like you're getting presented to the world and you need to show, you know, you show your best self. Yeah, exactly. It's like the interview phase. It's like Etsy is kind of like, okay, do we want to hire this person for this part of our search? And, okay. you know, like, will this convert? consistently that's what etsy really wants they you know they love their consistent conversions so i appreciate yeah I, I totally agree with that i appreciate that um what is the next step for you what you're working part-time full-time it's like you're um, working a lot I, so yeah i just actually put in my um resignation letter with my job so i just uh, did that this past week so yeah congratulations and, 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I, um, I'm i going full-time with Etsy and Print On Demand, and then I'm also teaching people about Etsy and Print On Demand. So uh, YouTube as well, um, I recently was monetized, so that's another stream of income as far as that goes. So now I'm able to do what I'm really passionate about um, full-time. And I was very passionate about healthcare and having that one-on-one -on -one interaction with my patients and I went into healthcare because I wanted to help people. And now with Etsy and Print On Demand, I'm able to do that in a different way. So it's really exciting. Yeah. That's so exciting. And I'm so happy for you. That's such a big, big milestone. I know it is for you. I know it was for me. I know it is for so many other people that, that want to get there too. Um, yeah. I think it's so cool how like you've mastered this thing, Print On Demand on Etsy, and now you just naturally fell into teaching it because people probably started asking you and, and you're obviously passionate about it because you enjoy it and you feel like you've gotten pretty darn good at it, which you have, right? So therefore now you're like impacting a bunch of other people's lives who are feeding their families from their, from what you've learned them, or mm -hmm. what, I'm sorry, what you've taught them. And I think that show is so inspiring. And I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. You. Where can, where can people find you? Where can people, so you mentioned YouTube, you mentioned TikTok, what are kind of, where can they find you? Yeah, um, I have my own website. It's heatherxstudio.com, but on YouTube, I'm Heather Studio. On TikTok, I believe, I think it's it's Heather Studio. I couldn't claim the Heather X Studio. I don't, I don't okay. think. So we'll link in the description below. Yeah. So if anybody wants to connect with Heather, which you absolutely should, check out her content. She gives tons of fundamentals, tons of free strategies and tips on Etsy. Um, so check out the link in the bio. But um. Gosh, I think that wraps it up. I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your, all of your secrets, I guess you could say, about Etsy and your story. Yeah, thank you. Okay, talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. I really appreciate Heather coming on and I really appreciate you guys watching the video till the end. Um, again, be sure to check out her TikTok and her YouTube channel in the description below, okay? She shares tons of free, strip, free, uh, free strategies, free tips on growing your Etsy shop, super helpful. Um, if you're not using Everbee yet, go sign up for free in the description below also. You guys need to be using this data to make decisions in your business, okay? Um, and if you guys are already using Everbee, then we love you. We appreciate you. We wouldn't be anywhere without you, so thank you. And finally, I'm very curious, what did you guys learn from today's video? Is there any big takeaway that was kind of an aha moment for you? Um, let us know in the comments below. That'd be awesome. Uh, really appreciate you guys as always, and I'll talk to you soon.